Welcome to A Culture of the Supernatural. Hi, this is Apostle Jonathan Bird. Using my experience as a springboard, I want to share with you steps that you can take to begin the process of walking in the supernatural. Amazing progress can be made by both men and women who are willing to be discipled. True freedom is a result of understanding and receiving the truth about yourself and your creator. Come and join with me in today's message. We begin our podcast number four with Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And these words, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that good news? God says, I'm going to give you a future and hope, not hopelessness, but a future so that you can live and believe God by faith and become that champion who is more than a conqueror. In this hour of distress, as kingdom people, we must remember and redefine our covenant promises during these times of despair. Don't wait until everything is going well. Why don't you start now? Job 22 and 28 says, And you shall declare a thing, and it shall be established for you, and light will shine upon your ways. I don't know about you, child of God, but I want my neighbor to walk in the truth. I want my neighbors all around my home and all around this city. I want them to walk in the truth and the light that sets them free. God gave us a mandate of instructions on how to cleanse the land when and if it became polluted with the sin of doubt, fear, and hopelessness. He told us to eradicate it. The pollution in the land of America is like an onion. An onion have many layers of skin. Each layer of the onion gets progressively thicker and thicker, and the more you peel it, And the smell becomes stronger and stronger, and the more you peel it, it becomes developed into something that is completely undesirable. Murder pollutes the land and must be atoned for, or the land remains defiled. But unbelief must be repented of, or the people will remain fearless and hopeless. When Jesus told his disciples that the last days would be full with war, rumors of war, famine, earthquakes, and different diseases, he was equipping their mindset for an army. He was equipping their hearts to think like an army. And once again, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says this, it equips us. It tells us of the danger that awaits us, but it tells us that the victory that will soon cause triumph. This is what it says. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Jude 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to all the saints. Let me read Job 14, 7 and 9, these words, For there is hope for a tree, if it is cut down, that it will sprout again, and that its tender sprouts will not cease. 
though its roots may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. Yet at the sense of water, it will bud again and bring forth branches like a plant. That is so good. That is really good news. And I want you to be encouraged by that. You may feel as though you've been cut down. You may feel as though you're like that stump and, and it's been planted into the earth and it seems to be, looks like there is no hope. Well, I'm here to tell you, the child of God, the water of the word, the washing of the word will cause your your stump to bring forth branches and it will bring forth fruit. I'm telling you, this is good news to you and I want this good news to come into your heart. I want this good news to come into your home. I want this good news to release you from that which is dead and to bring the birth of a new vision, a new life, a new destiny to be birthed in your heart. You let this good news rewrite your todays and all of your tomorrow. After travailing in certain parts of the world, serving with a wonderful apostle, his name was Don Lyon, who I love so much. I have, I have seen much poverty taking enormous tolls on a country, leaving a people to live in hopelessness, recalling those memories of my born-again years when I first got it started. I survived on hope until I learned to walk by faith. First Peter 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred make the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Romans 4, 18 says, Who contrary to hope in hope, Believe so that he became the father of many nations according to which was spoken, so shall your descendants be. If Abraham and Sarah can move from such an extreme stage of hope deferred to a strong, convicted, vibrant faith, so can you and I. In Hebrews 11, 11, these words, by faith, Sarah herself also conceived strength to conceive seed, and she bore the son when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. I want you to know that God is faithful, child of God, and he is faithful to you. In hope against hope is a powerful phrase. It means that in the face of absolute hopelessness. Abraham hoped anyway. Then there was Moses who refused to believe God could ever use him after 40 years of failure and isolation. Moses' heart was sick. He was past believing God. The measure of faith and hope that you possess will determine the measure of your influence upon people around the world. Don't you be discouraged. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, 11 says, but Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that 
I should bring the children of Israel out. Oh, listen to him. When Paul, when Paul rested his hope on those words, he said, I would rather boast in my infirmity. I would rather boast in my limitations. I would rather boast in my limitations that the unlimited power of Christ may rest upon me. Your flesh is your limitations where demons love to do their best to convince you that there is no hope. I am here to tell you that the devil is a liar. Faith, hope, and love is one of the greatest resources that God gave to mankind and without an anchor of hope, people become hopeless. For a born-again believer, our hope is anchored in the person and the presence of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 6, 19, let me say, read it to you again, this hope. We have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which has entered into the presence of God into the throne room behind the veil. Hope is the foundation of our peace. Romans 15, 13 says, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hope is the internal force of motivation. Motivation is the reason for behavior. It is the one reason why people act out instead of talking it out. Hope gives life to life. Contrary to hope, in hope, Abraham believed. I love that story. Contrary to hope, in hope, Abraham believed and he became the father of many nations. Romans 4.18, hope assures your future and faith gives your heart and faith gives your heart eyes to seize it. Hope sees, hope and seeing goes together. It is like a hand in a glove. And Romans chapter 8, verse 24 and 25 says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. No one can live beyond hope. One of the greatest challenges in life is to maintain hope. When hope is lost, faith is canceled, and the meaning of purpose has no definition for you. Someone once said, you can live 40 days, I'm going to tell you this story again, without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but you cannot live four seconds without hope, the power of a supernatural hope. Have you ever gone through a season or dark night of the soul where everything was dark in the night, everything tossing and turning and thinking and wondering, weeping and crying and just staring way off into emptiness. One of the most profound emotions under the influence of hopelessness is oppression and depression. Depression is the feeling that you were standing on the edge of a bottomless pit and cannot seem to find the energy to move back from the edge. The only vision you have of yourself is you falling through the emptiness into utter destruction. I'm here to tell you that depression is a common problem in our society. It is a lie. It is a lie of despair. And if depression is a problem in our society, it is a problem in the body of Christ. 
In a recent study, this is quite interesting. In a recent study, a British medical journal confirmed that people with serious depression were two-thirds more likely to die prematurely from depression. Prematurely from depression. Even those with mild depression had a 16% higher risk of dying compared to individuals who live stress-free. Some of the symptoms of depression are apathy, despondency, despair, discouragement, and hopelessness. Too many saints are suffering from depression and are on medication. David, king of Israel, battled with discouragement in Psalms 142 and verse 3. He wrote those words. He said, I would have lost hope. But in Psalms 42 and 5, he says, why are you cast down, O soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him. Depression, oppression, anxiety, insomnia, in my opinion, are tormenting spirits of fear. There are afflicting spirits that specialize in tormenting its hosts spiritually, emotionally, and psychologically, causing fearful and subjective thoughts of oppression leading to hopelessness. If you have not yet dealt with these attitudes and influence, they will become strongholds of distrust, feelings of betrayal, and evil imaginations. Evil imaginations is the creative ability to form images and ideas and sensations in your mind without direct input from your senses. The strategy of deception is to divide and to conquer. Our hearts cannot be relied upon as truth. Child of God, Proverbs 28, 26a says these words, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, Their heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The Holy Spirit, He tells us and He teaches us all things. And He told us to hold fast to that which is good. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21. Child of God, before we come back with our podcast number five, On Prisoners of Hope, Hopelessness, or Champions of Faith, I release over you the power and the authority of God's Word to shake you and to break off every chain and every lock and every fortified place in your mind that has brought you to such a low level in your thinking that you are living in unbelief and not faith. I don't want you to fear, child of God. I want you to lay hold of the promise of God. I want you to break open your Bible, and I want you to read your word day and night. And in doing so, God says you will prosper in all that you do. Lay hold of it. I want you to begin by reading Joshua 1.8, this book of the law. I don't, don't you let it depart from your mouth and don't you let it depart from your eyes because I am releasing the door of prosperity and victory into your life. I am speaking strength into your soul and into your spirit and understanding into your mind. This 
is Apostle Bird. And on behalf of myself and my wife, Deborah, we want you to know that we are celebrating your victory right here in our home, right here in our secret place, right here at the altar and the throne of God. We love you. God bless you. This is Apostle Bird. Peace out. This is Apostle Bird. So glad that you tuned into the podcast. I'm looking forward to you enjoying it again. Come with us soon and meet us with our next Supernatural Podcast. God bless you.